Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cisco Champions Radio. Today, we have a very flexible topic that I'm very hyper about, and we'll be kicking it off. Anikit, who are you? What do you do? Hey, I'm uh, Hyperflex Product Manager. Oh. And I'm responsible for Hyperflex. Fantastic. Paul, who are you? What do you do? I am Paul Giblin. I'm a distinguished engineer with Presidio. You can find me on Twitter at DreamlessOD. I am Malcolm Bidden. Uh, I'm a network architect at an ISP in the UK. And on Twitter, I'm at Malcolm Bidden. And I'm Lauren Friedman Albert. On the Twitters, I am Lauren. And I run our influencer marketing program here at Cisco. So, okay, what is new with Hyperflex? That's a great question. And we are very excited about what's new with Hyperflex. But for starters, who might be not as aware of Hyperflex, let's start with what is Hyperflex? So Hyperflex is Cisco's leading hyperconverged infrastructure. Now, what is hyperconverged infrastructure? It's a way to offer IT as a private cloud, where we super simplify the way customers and our partners can procure, deploy IT infrastructure and operate it really, really in a simple fashion. So that is hyperconverged infrastructure. What is Hyperflex? Again, that's Cisco's leading hyperconverged infrastructure. Do we have a secondary one? We, this is the one and only primary hyperconverged. Oh, okay, you're saying you, you leading lead your competitors. In the, in, <laughs> sorry, I was a little slow there. That's where I get fired. Sorry, data center team, go on. <laughs> yep, so that, that's about it, and um, let me know. I think so, Malcolm so the, had some questions. For the people who uh, aren't, aren't necessarily server people who are listening to this podcast, hyperconverged infrastructure has compute, storage, memory, all on box, right? So converged infrastructure uh, differentiated is, is the separation of some of those components out, and hyperconverged brings them back together. Uh, tell us just at a high level uh, to get folks uh, pumped up and ready for um, you know the discussion that's to come, what that means and how that's kind of implemented and how it's different from just a bunch of rack servers. Absolutely. So traditionally, when industry or when customers started to know about uh, convergence of ID, and that's where I think your question is coming from, uh, you would typically go to someone like Cisco and try to procure and try to seek support for server compute networking separately from storage, because those are fundamentally, or traditionally at least, uh, siloed elements. We super simplified that in converging, uh, I don't want to say collapsing, but converging and offering as a software-defined base infrastructure where you get compute storage uh, together. Now, where Cisco differentiates and Cisco is unique in this architecture is the fact, uh, well, people know a thing or two about Cisco as a networking vendor, right? So we brought along our horsepower around networking and tightly integrated that into hyperconverged infrastructure, which is Hyperflex. So Hyperflex is then not just a server and storage together, it is also networking in the mix. On top of that, we added all the magic around management, which is Cisco InterSite. So now you not only get the convergence of server, compute, and storage, you get networking, you get management, and you get security. That's very unique in the industry. So, uh one of the questions that I had, I've been aware of Hyperflex for a few years uh, since it, since the product launched, and it, it was a bit of a slow start, but 
Uh, I think business is booming now from from the Hyperflex perspective. Could you give us an update on where it sits in the market at the moment and how, how the product's doing? Absolutely, Mark. I'm happy to. So as you rightly pointed out that we were not the first one to offer hyperconverged infrastructure, but we were certainly, and we remain to be the fastest growing hyperconverged vendor in the marketplace. So currently we're, we're tr trending more than 4,000 customers in a matter of around three years of RAMP. Um, we've been recognized as industry-leading technology. We've been featuring into Gartner Magic Quadrants, Forrester Leaders. Uh, for the last two years consecutively, we have been in Leaders Quadrant. And as a cherry on the top of the cake, uh, as we were ending the year 2019, CRN recognized us as the best HCI product in the category in the industry. So we were awarded with the best SCI product of the year. And that speaks volumes about the leadership, both the thought leadership, certainly technology leadership coming from Cisco. And just to again uh, repeat that, why are we so different, why are we so unique, is that combination of networking. Um, I, would, I would call upon the design decisions and choices that we made in building the file system architecture, which is super highly distributed and the, all the goodness uh, customers can get with uh, inter-site-based management. That is absolutely a game-changer. It sounds like quite a, a meteoric rise over the last few years. It's went from, uh, absolutely. from the ground up. Um, so moving on a little bit then, before we get into like talking about some of the new stuff, when, when the product launched, um, what I kind of witnessed is people were using it or, or taking out Hyperflex solutions for small like deployments, maybe dev and test environments in the data center for a small number of applications. Um, what, what kind of customers are deploying it now? Is it, uh, could you give us some examples of that and the types of applications? Absolutely, and uh, I, I believe that's a, a nice premise to build what's new as well. Uh, so three years back or two and a half years back when we were talking to, we started talking to customers, we started selling and deploying the technology, we were leading and we used to lead with few use cases, which is test and day, VDI, probably small VSI, which is general purpose virtualization, and some of the management uh, VMs, right? We came a long way. Uh, just the maturity of the product uh, also sort of complemented by the, the technology rise of uh, flash media in the industry, uh, servers becoming uh, stronger, and more importantly, our Hyperflex data platform, which is our storage layer, which is storage software, that has been maturing. Today, there are many, many enterprise customers who are deploying their mission-critical and business-critical applications at scale. So you name, you name it, right? Oracle databases with clustering, SAP HANA, Epic Hyperspace, huge uh, VDI deployments in production, facing business critical um, consumers, right? All of that. So we have, Hyperflex has come along a way where today, the way I call it, any application, mission critical or otherwise, that can and that should run in a virtualized form factor or VM, Hyperflex is the best, best fit. One of, one of the, actually, following on from that, one of the questions I would have, because um, I've never actually seen, seen Hyperflex deployed in this de uh, environment, but what about managed service providers who want to provide like infrastructure as a service 
or things like that. Is that a use absolutely. case or? Yes, absolutely. A lot of service provider or hosted providers, uh, they are consuming and they are using, they're adopting Hyperflex as a private cloud environment where one can create a multi-tenant architecture. Mm-hmm. In turn, they can offer to their end users and customers at scale and with a predictable performance and deterministic uh, latency guarantees, right? Uh, definitely network comes with that. So uh, a lot of our net new customers are of the league where they are creating their service provider practice on top of Hyperflex. So one of the things that was announced this week that uh, was really exciting was Hyperflex AP, the application platform. Uh, what can you tell us about that and how does that change the equation for people looking into hyperconverged infrastructure? Absolutely. Uh, so firstly, as I mentioned that Hyperflex is platform. Uh, it is already a platform for running enterprise application. The, the power of performance, the storage, the compute, the power of Cisco networking, all of it is coming together really well and lending itself to enable those business outcomes which are in turn delivered by applications, enterprise applications. But as we look at the landscape of application itself or applications themselves, right, you quickly realize that in this era of digitization or digital transformation, a lot of of customers who want to be not just relevant in digital transformation, but want to lead that, uh, their mandate to their developers is go and develop a modern application or go modernize your applications. Uh, One of the studies, and there are many such studies, but one of the recent study published by IDC suggests that uh, in next two to three years, around 500 million, 500 million digital application and services would be deployed in a cloud native form factor, which is wow. roughly you can map it to microservices and containers. Yeah. Equally staggering statistics is in the same period, 90% of enterprises would deploy the new applications entirely cloud native way, which is again a combination of microservices, containers, serverless functions, right? And then many enterprises, they are investing quite heavily in increasing their workforce or developer force, where, again, one more statistics just to put this in context is, today there are roughly about 3% of total enterprises which are pushing the code, so so to speak, into the production based on microservices, uh, 3% of those. In three years, that 3% is becoming 60%. So 60% of enterprises are gonna push the code production daily uh, with the help of CI, CD, and DevOps. So it's staggering statistics. <coughs> Excuse me. The reason I'm saying that is as we look into this application modernization journey across the segments, we realize that the way applications are developed, the, the way applications are deployed, and the scale at which the developers need IT to be providing the support is totally changing the game. And that's where the genesis of the concept of application platform Uh, Hyperflex application platform comes from. We want to, and we are announcing, and we announced this um, net new product, which builds on top of Hyperflex, which creates an application, it creates an environment to deploy multi-tenant applications, which are cloud native applications. But in doing so, you can make, or you can choose a common unified platform and management to deploy new application at the same time manage and persist the old applications as well. 
So this is really the, the, the core concept of Hyperflex application platform, giving you an architecture where you can enable your developers and your developer operations to deploy cloud native applications with VM applications. Okay. So do you have any like specific use cases? So look, looking ahead, like this product, this uh, uh, platform has been announced. How, how, why would a customer uh, want to deploy it specifically? So a couple of use cases. Absolutely. So uh, I'll talk about use cases. I'll also talk about um, in the same in the same sort of thought line, how are we uniquely positioned and uniquely solving the problems? Uh, so at a high level, we're talking about uh, a set of carebouts where a customer need a Kubernetes as a server. And when I say customer, we are not only talking about uh, the the primary user of Hyperflex, which is typically an IT operator, but in turn their users, where they should be able to provide an environment or a Kubernetes as a service, like a Kubernetes and cloud, in the in the context of cloud native applications. So certainly containerized applications or cloud native applications is a primary use case we are going after. Uh, the second important driver is, as I mentioned that, just because there are 90% organizations deploying and developing applications in a cloud native way, it doesn't take the onus away from maintaining and managing legacy applications. So we plan to offer a common operational plane with the like of uh, inter-site-based management that can manage your infrastructure, which is hosting traditional applications, which is mostly a bare metal slash VM based, and a new edge applications, which is cloud native or Kubernetes based, right? Now, the, the, the third thing is, uh, when we talk cloud native, uh, invariably we talk about Kubernetes. Now, Kubernetes is an open source technology. Um, enterprises, as much as it is a de facto standard today to develop application, it's Kubernetes itself is not enough. Uh, enterprises in adopting Kubernetes need infrastructure elements that empower Kubernetes. Say, today we talk about storage compute networking, but when we do that, we mostly talk about in the context of a virtualization or VM. What is the equivalent for containers and Kubernetes, right? So that problem is yet to be well solved or well established. And then on the top of Kubernetes, there are management of Kubernetes services as well. So let's just say logging and monitoring, uh, let's just say uh, communication security, right? So as part of Hyperflex application platform, what we are delivering to the end users is a curated, tested, production grade, enterprise ready Kubernetes, which is based off open source upstream Kubernetes, but it is fully baked in terms of uh, its consumability within enterprises. And that's a guarantee that Cisco as a leading vendor is providing to the end customers where when they use Hyperflex application platform, they get the support and they, they get the services around it. So that, that sounds similar to some things that are happening with Red Hat, uh, with OpenShift, to uh, VMware with uh, Pivotal. What, what makes this different? What makes this better? Absolutely. Are they competitive or are they, they complementary? So uh, I would say in a world of open source, everyone is leading with their own sort of approach. Where we see we are going to differentiate quite a bit is the fact that we are not looking at cloud native application and development environment in a siloed fashion. We are going to give you a insertion point where you can protect your investment and with inter-site management, and that's where the differentiation comes from. You are gonna, we are going to provide a single pane of management 
and a single set of API schema where you can manage your physical, your traditional virtual, your hyper-converged, your converged, and also your Kubernetes and container management. So full stack management, and not just that, doing that across multiple form factors and deployment scenario across data center environments, enterprise edge, remote office branch office environment, and near far edge deployments as well. So the power of having inter-site SaaS in offering a full stack, full stack management in this world across anywhere is immensely differentiated in my opinion. So let, let, let me recap this to make sure that I've got the whole picture and other folks out there who are listening to this podcast can, can put it all together. We've got Hyperflex infrastructure, hardware, on-premise. We've got the application platform on top of that, which helps us uh, you know, validate everything and, and run smoothly. And then on top of that, we've got Intersight for management, not only of Hyperflex and Hyperflex AP, but also of cloud services. And then going a layer higher, we've also got the AppD Absolutely. capability tied into yep, Intersight. Yep, so we yep. kind of get end to end all the way down from bits on disk, Ooh. all the way up the stack through the network and across geographies and, and clouds to the application function layer. Absolutely, and all of this is without paying a third-party hypervisor tax, right? And th that's been a, a constant query and ask of customers that multi-tenancy, private cloud, end-to-end -end integration is all great, but how can we? How can I have it all without paying VTAX or without paying a third-party hypervisor tax? So you're getting it all without having to pay the premium of a traditional hypervisor, and that's immense. But it, I'm assuming we've we've looked at the at like the total cost of ownership over a few years. Having that compared with maybe a few other third-party things, I mean, given Cisco often is a premium. I've you know heard this a few times from some of the champions. So we do have like studies or. So we we definitely do have study, but I think okay. uh, I think the 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 way to look at it is slightly different. Uh, the uh, the way we should look at it is customers want to have all of this, uh -huh. right? But they want to have a choice of rightfully choosing whether they want to run something in a VM or virtual machine, as we know, know uh -huh. something directly on bare metal host, something as a Kubernetes or something as a serverless function. Uh, in an in existing scheme of things, you've got to make that choice ahead of time. And if you want anything around or even like partial virtualized environment, you got to pay the VMware tax or VTAX as we call. Uh, we are giving the flexibility of not able to pay that. And certainly uh, TCO would be significantly better and the value would be much higher. Okay. So just to, just final one, very quick uh, couple, of, couple of paragraphs. How would, you, how would you sum up the customer benefits of Hyperflex AP? So I would, I would sum up Hyperflex application platform is uh, probably the it's an architectural approach where we are going to provide Kubernetes cloud or Kubernetes service. We are going to, Cisco is going to bring it or Cisco is going to tie in Cisco supported and curated Kubernetes stack. It will be fully managed uh, through Cisco InterSight as a SaaS based management. Customers don't have to pay a third party hypervisor tax. And we are uh, giving you an architecture where you can deploy, manage, and operate cloud native applications traditional bare metal applications or virtualized application on the same platform. Brilliant. Thanks very much.
All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. I've learned a lot of new stuff here today, um, and I appreciate y'all being here. I also want to thank our listeners. If you've stumbled upon this podcast some random way, just know that there are more episodes of Cisco Champion Radio out there in the land of Apple, whatever podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I'm having fun because I'm actually reading off a image that's flashing in front of me right now. She's processing the QR codes. Yeah, my, my brain just paused and I was like, ah. Oh. Anyway, so thank you guys. This has been cool. And uh, catch you on the flip. <laughs>